liftoff and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 206, recording August 28th, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are going to be discussing Gamescom announcements, uh, PS5 getting a price hike, but not in the U.S., thankfully, uh, what we've been playing, and more to do this. I have with me, as always, Shannon Spinning Wheels More. Hmm. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you, sir? Uh, all right. I mean, I'm a little confused by my moniker today, but uh, that's because you told me you spent all your weekend just spinning your wheels and not really doing much. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those weekends. I, it was you. We uh, we got a table um, that's been in my family for about 90 years and oh, needs nice. some love. So I had to go get it. And uh, so there was a lot of driving involved yesterday. Um, U-Haul sucks. Um, but that's a story for another time. You hold that um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it's, it's a good weekend where I felt like I did a lot, but I didn't, I don't have a lot to show for it. So yeah. Mm. Good. I'm glad yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, mm-hmm. also joining us is Justin Zero Cavities Carter. I know it's your boy. I know Zero Cavities. I went to the dentist this week and it has been. Last time I went to the dentist, it was I was getting ready to get kicked off my parents' insurance. So I was 25. <laughs> uh, so wow, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been about seven years uh, since I went. Wow. Uh, and it's, you know, I pay for dental. I just don't make the appointment. Like my mom always made the appointment, you know, so it's like I do have to call and make the appointment. And then, you know, they're only open eight to five. So you have to fucking go during work. And it's like mm-hmm. a huge pain in the ass. So. I, I just never went, but me and Megan, uh, we went to the dentist. She ended up with two, count them, one, two cavities. Mm. I ended up with none. And it was funny when we went to pay the, the lady at the front desk who's been there for like 57 years. Um, she was like, oh, because Megan had to make a second appointment because she has to go on wow. Tuesday to go get her cavities filled. She's like, oh, do you need a second appointment too? And I was like, no. And she's like, you don't have any cavities. No. And she's like, you're telling me you didn't come here for seven years and you didn't <laughs> have any cavities. And I'm like, I must be doing something right. And she's like, that's not fair. <laughs> she, she's like you with your yellow ass teeth. No cavity. No, I'm just joking. After the dude, as Zach said that I'm on Amazon ordering some fucking whitening strips. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my question to you. Was it just like the dentist was like, yeah, you don't have any cavities, but the rest of your mouth is fucked. Uh, or was it just like, Oh, everything's perfect in there. Dude, I was honestly expecting. Cause like, I'll, I'll be real honest. I'm a huge mouth breather, especially when I sleep. Like I do a lot of like, so my gums are like very, very pinkish looking, but I think a lot of that is just from sleeping with my mouth open so much. Like it's not gingivitis, but I'm always afraid that like one time when I go, they're going to like, yeah, dude, your gums are fucked. Cause you know, you can't, like usually you can fix gingivitis, but once it hits like a certain point, it's like not reversible anymore. Uh, they got to go in for the deep clean. Then, yeah. Which- 
which yeah. I have had before, and that mm-hmm. sucks. Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you, that, that's that's some bullshit. So, but congratulations, and I'm also super proud of you that you're an adult and can make your own. <laughs> yeah, and I made another appointment. So my next appointment is in March for my oh, next cleaning. Got that, so got that good. Got twice a year schedule happening. Like done you. and done. Yeah. Hey, wh- when in March? Uh, like the sixth or something. It's on like a Tuesday at like two Why? or something. Why you gonna go cheer him on? Like what the hell? <laughs> Dude, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, bro's getting an invite to my wedding. I just want to make sure he doesn't oh, schedule. That's a valid point. Very valid point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, Shannon, can't come to your wedding. I need to get my annual cleaning done. <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to make sure that you know his his whites were taken care of for those pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, like yeah. when we're <laughs> when, when we're out there cutting it up well, on the well, dance floor. Well, now he's got the Amazon order coming in, so he's gonna have the pearliest of whites. <laughs> Yeah, when they're taking wedding pictures, you're going to have to turn the flash off because my teeth are going to be so white. People will be coming up to him and be like, Dan, did you pull all your teeth and just get dentures, bro? Like, those look fake. Yeah, no, I mean, that, they, they really years. up the contrast on Justin's teeth in these wedding photos. It's just like, no, it's just how You it know is. what? I'm going to tell the photographer to do that just on general principles now. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you see just, this dude, up the contrast. Just his teeth. Just only him. Like, yeah. There's a Hamilton in it for you. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, Shannon, I'm super proud of our boy here. Yeah, he's 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 actually an adult now. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very very big. You get a gold star. Very big thank moment you, in you. a young man's life when he makes his own dental appointments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, real quick too, I just wanted to say I also went to Best Buy today. And like mm-hmm. the first time in God, I don't even know. It's probably been almost ten years since I've wow. been to Best Buy, and I live right next to it. But you know, I just never really have any reason to go. But for Megan's computer, she wanted when Matt built her fucking computer. Like he didn't put a Wi-Fi card or whatever in it so that she can actually have internet. And so instead, he just gave her like a little the little spider looking thing that you plug into the outside. Cause he's like, I really don't want to take your computer back apart to install this thing. So here's the spider. I don't want to take, I don't want to do two screws. Yeah. Whereas the, you know, now we, we paid the whatever 30 fucking dollars for the spider that barely works half the time. So then Um, now we had to pay the other $30 to get the actual fucking internet card to put in it now. So I don't have to keep plugging in the spider. Uh, and Best Buy didn't even have it. Like, I was like, dude, I went there and expected them to have it, and they did not. And then they're like, oh, well, we can order it for you and have it to you. You can come pick it up next Friday. And as she's, like, saying that, I'm already on Amazon ordering it. I'm like, dude, it's going to be here by 10 tonight. Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. best you could do is next Friday I have to drive my ass back to the – like, no wonder you guys are out of fucking business. Like, dude, right. this is sad. And then the worst part – of the entire thing was I I clearly have my phone in my hand and I'm walking towards this chick best buy outfit on making eye contact, like going to flag her down. She pulls out her phone, turns around and fucking walks away. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding? So then I'm standing at the little kiosk in the computer section, waiting three fucking minutes. And she comes back and she's like, on her phone, she's like, Oh, do you need help with something? Yeah. You fucking think. You think I just enjoy making eye contact and walking up to fucking... Yeah, I need help at your establishment, which is why I'm fucking here. Like, I don't know where any of this shit is. Like, yes, I would enjoy some help. Thank you. And then she's like, oh, 
I, I know you're an old man now, but it, and it's been a while since you've been a minimum wage employee, but bare minimum, dude, bare minimum is what you're going to get out of it. You're lucky she came back and asked you anything. I mean, that is true. Let's be honest. I mean, look, the last time I was in a Best Buy was to get my PlayStation 5 because I heard a rumor that there was one at this place and the two teenage kids behind the counter were trying to keep it for themselves. And it wasn't until somebody my age came out that was a manager was like, oh, are you looking for that PS5? I was like, yes, I am. That I crushed their hopes and dreams and actually was able to get my own PlayStation 5. Um, but yeah, you can't expect any high quality client, uh, help in there. I Not mean- at all. Like, look, Zach, I, I've worked at Target. I know the, let me go check in the back, and then I stand there on Twitter for five minutes and then come out and tell them we don't have it. Like, I've been down that road. Have you, like, that one guy that's at TikTok that's like, do you think the back is some kind of magical place where things just materialize? Like, Yeah, all the time. Well, it says online that you have it. Well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. It's cool that talk it says to your that, manager. but we don't have it. I know you're looking for this. Manager. Well, well, I know you're looking for this parents. sewing thimble that is that it says we have one of them in the store and that warehouse in the back that's a football field long and wide is going I'm going to be able to find it in there. Uh, it's it's truly a uh, a monstrous thing retail. And and it is and it is why Amazon's killing everything because it's just one of those like yeah I could just or I could just have it show up at my house. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um it's like a broken model from pre-internet times hasn't really made the move. It's like that. I don't know. Um, but now that we're in post-internet times, let's talk about something that went down uh, this last week with some announcements happening. Gamescom 2022, kind of the last big event of the year until the like Keeley Fest game of the year stuff comes out. Uh, where, you know, we'll see announcements for games coming in 2025. So that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, but we got uh, we got announcements. Uh, and one that I found pretty interesting was Dead Island 2 getting reshown out of freaking nowhere. Like that was a game I had literally forgotten existed. They announced it eight years ago. Eight years ago. And just, I mean, didn't we all assume that game just died to death at some point? And here we are, ironically, resurrected with a new trailer. Um, and this trailer makes it look very much like a, uh, it almost had Dead Rising vibes to it. The old Capcom game where it's just like, you're just slapdicking weapons together and going on like resource runs and stuff like that. And apparently it's going to have uh six playable six playable characters and the, the one of the characters in the trailer jacob was shown like basically he had taken over this hollywood hills home and was just slaughtering the zombies that come in and otherwise he was just hanging out there getting drunk and then he was like oh i'm out of booze gotta run to the store and then he picks up his rifle that's also a club and just like beats zombies all the way to the store grabs more booze <laughs> beats zombies all the way till he gets back <laughs> and then like gets a zombie attack right as he gets back to the house and his neighbor comes out of the house and like murders zombies with him and waves to him and it's like okay catch you later and he goes back inside and i'm like i i don't know seems kind of fun i like I'm, I'm down for a like fun irreverent zombie game not this dying light 
terrifying shit. What do you guys thought thoughts on that? I mean, it's one of those things where, well, a, it's funny that like they finally showed a trailer for this when for the Goat Simulator three trailer, it was making fun of the Dead Island trailer. So oh, it, yeah, it, was like, it was a direct ripoff of the original trailer. Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been great if they actually did the Goat Simulator trailer and then had the actual Dead Island 2 trailer after it, after the psych out. And then I got, no, we really are still working on this. But I don't, it's one of those things where I, I think I played a little bit of the first Dead Island. Um, and it was fun. Uh, I yeah. think I would be way more excited for Dead Island 2, you know, if it did come out in 2014. And I know the zombie trend has kind of come and gone. Like there was a lot of hype for Back for Blood, and then you know that came out, and then no one gives a shit about that anymore. We got a great story of the emergency door out of it, though. Yes, but. we did. So maybe that's the thing. If you know, Dead Island Two comes to Game Pass, mm-hmm. you know Shannon can piss some zombies off in the grocery store or something <laughs> after we tell them not to. Uh, but also, also it has a release date, which is February third, twenty twenty three. Which not too far off, actually. So, Shannon, is this something you interested in in any way? I mean, I'll play like a good, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of that game probably by myself. But I mean, I played the first one and it was all right. But um, it I don't think there was enough there for it to keep my attention for a long period of time. Um, so, I mean, if it's on Game Pass and we can play it together, sure. <clears throat> that might be the carrot on the stick for me to actually kind of play with play it for longer than i've played the other version you know the the previous game so yeah good go do it because the first one the first one had that like assassin's creed one vibe to it where it was like okay this is a good proof of concept and i can see where they could expand on it a lot um but yeah right it was it was very just kind of bare bones Mm -hmm. you know uh let's see what else is oh uh, apparently Gotham Knights is now being released October twenty first, so it got bumped up a little bit. Um, not a lot, a couple weeks, but uh, that that game is still just every time I see gameplay of it, I'm like, there is, I don't see a reason for me to buy this game, <laughs> and, and it sucks because <laughs> like I like the Arkham games, but there's just nothing there that's grabbing me about it. I don't know. I, is it just me? Like, does anyone else care? Well, you know, maybe when Robbie's done playing it, he'll let you borrow it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm mean, talking to the guy who's played like one of the Batman games. So mm-hmm. I'm not, this is not my target market. I mean, it was, it looks fine. Like it just looks fine. And I love the Court of Owls storyline and the comics and everything. So like on paper, this game is something I should be super hyped for. And I can't put my finger on why I just don't care. Because I just don't, I I don't know. Like for um, me, I think it's the the multiplayer kind of asset. If it yeah. was a single player Arkham style, because like you said, it checks all the box. Like Court of Owls, love it. You know the fact mm-hmm. that you know Harley Quinn and Clayface, who Clayface is like you know a great villain that you know doesn't get enough like credit and stuff. It, you know he's in it. Mister Freeze, Penguin, like the names are all there. It's just the. Like, I don't give a shit about playing with three other people. Like, I I just want to play by myself and... Totally, totally. Uh, Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, Hey, guess what? Callista Protocol still looks gory as hell. Like, 
that game. I, there, it's funny because there were some trailers for games. I've hit the point where I'm like, I don't really want to know any more about it. Like, I'm good with Callista Protocol. I'm going to play it. We're good here. Uh, Street Fighter Six. You don't need to tell me more characters. I'm good. I want to play it. I kind of, I kind of don't want to know more at this point. Um, and also with Street Fighter, I am not a crazy you know, hardcore fighter game guy. So I don't really care about like, oh, these are the new systems that are coming in place. And this is the new this, and this is the new that. And it's like, okay, we're, I think I'm good. Like I want to play street fighter six. I don't need to know the like really nitty gritty details because I'm never going to get there anyway. Um, did you guys have thoughts on either one of those before I kind of just gloss them over? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, um, with, like Street Fighter and things like that, having more systems that you're talking about mm. actually decreases my interest in it because it's just like, oh, well, there's all these extra systems I'm going to have to learn. What happened to the Street Fighter that I grew up with, you know, where there was just basically like, you know, basic moves and it was a more of a, a strategy than, you know, trying to get these com- glorious combos together and using these supers and then using the alpha texture or, you know, the alpha moves yeah. and all this stuff. No, I'm like, I, I'm out. Like, that. The Callista Protocol, like I, I'm more interested in playing that one. And the only reason I am is because I was like, look, I can Twitch stream this, like me just getting the crap scared out of me for like 45 <laughs> minutes, and people will love it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, like I think I would I would try to play it. Um, and is it on? Is the Callista Protocol coming to Game Pass? I believe so. I don't know to be honest, but I thought I thought I remember reading that. Um. And if it is, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, another game that uh, got a date put to it that I was super excited about. I'm probably the only one of us, but uh, Return to Monkey Island is coming out September 19th this year. Put it in my veins. I'm ready. I'm ready for Return to Monkey Island. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of that. So, Shannon, were you a Monkey Island guy? No. Yeah. Yeah. You're not cool. I got it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what game looks actually a, a game that I do hope comes to Game Pass because I could see all of us diving into it. That Warhammer 40k Darktide game yeah. looks effing rad. Like every time I see it, I'm just I'm I'm I think I'm just shocked that it looks as cool as it does. I mean the weapon. Uh, the, the way the weapons work, the the team aspect of it. Uh, it's like the one multiplayer shooter that is coming that I have any interest in. And my interest is really high because it looks like something the three of us could have a blast with. Yeah, I'm in on that. Like, And, and that's the thing is it surprises me because like Warhammer 40k, like they just pump out games mm-hmm. all the time and it's like some of them are bangers some of them are absolute garbage but like you know put enough shots on goal eventually one of them's going to go in right yeah, and it, yeah, right. it looks good as long as they nail the mechanics of the shooting um you know that's going to be a very fun game to play justin do you have interest in this um i'm like looking at it now and look at it, it looks like something you know i'd be down to you know especially if it's yeah. on game pass and stuff it, it seems like it'd be a good friday night kind of game for us all to play yeah mm-hmm. i mean it looks it looks like something i think we could get get into with like actually sink our teeth into a little bit um <laughs> you are, the ultimate moment in the show for the rope dope for me was 
Dune. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> new game. Yes. Survival MMO. Oh, <laughs> it, like, it went from so high to so like, ah, oh, I don't want to play that. I just, man, such a bummer. Um, that being said, I don't mind a decent survival game. You know, the rafts and the subnauticas of the world, all that. Like I could, I, I could be talked into the Dune Awakening MMO experience, I think maybe, but that was not the Dune game I wanted. It just wasn't. I'm bummed. You guys? I hate survival games. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Nope. Uh, I, I'm i out on that one. Hey, hey, Justin, you like Rick and Morty, right? I do like Rick and Morty. Well, let me tell you about a game called High on Life, <laughs> where Twitter tells me you just hear Morty over and over and over and over again. Um I, I leave it up to your discretion if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, there's a trailer that had a boss fight in it. There's a lot of quipping, a lot of uh, silly jokes getting set. It felt very Borderlands-ish to me mm-hmm. when when I saw it. Like just the amount of like little little zingers here every every time you do anything, you know, and like the way the world just kind of reacts to you and stuff like that. Um, I'm still interested on the concept, but that's probably going to be one where I'm going to, I mean, it's game pass, so I'll try it, but I'm very curious to see how it's reviewed. Like I'm assuming it, I imagine it's probably going to get like, all right reviews. Like I don't think it's going to be on like anyone's game of the year list. Um, but you know, I do enjoy the humor of Justin Rowland and stuff. I'm kind of more interested, I guess, to see, it's one of those where it's like, is will the humor stay the course or will like, you know, because I know in Borderlands sometimes with like the talking weapon, like there mm-hmm. are weapons that talk, whatever, like it gets old yeah. very quickly sometimes. So I'm like interested to see if they figured that out because I feel like, you know, doing something like this that you would study Borderlands and see kind of like what they did and how you can like improve on it and stuff like that. So I wonder if they crack the code or if it's one of those things after like 40 minutes, you're sitting there in the options trying to figure out how you get your Morty gun to shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're like, can I just turn this knife off, please? So that would actually be brilliant if there was an option to like turn it off, but it was like DLC that you had to pay like an extra $5 for or something to like (laughs) Mm -hmm. shut it down. That would be hilarious. That would be so good. Um, so the other the other uh, candidate for us for Friday Night Game Nights, and I know friend of the show Steve Wittekamp is down with us also, is the 3v7 multiplayer game based off killer clowns from <laughs> outer space. Like, which, who is by asking the way, for this? <laughs> came out of left field, like hard left field. I mean being 43 years old and seeing this movie when I was like 10, I'm all the way in because it's campy as hell. And I love that movie. It is so dumb. It is so dumb, but I love the hell out of it. Um, I mean, if you're not familiar, it's based off a hardcore B movie where literally killer clowns from outer space descend upon humanity and set up a circus and draw humans in where they, entomb them in cotton candy and drink their blood through silly straws. And yeah, it's, it's so dumb, but 
I'm kind of into this, like, you know, Friday the 13th Predators style game where, like, some people are clowns, some people are uh, the kids trying to get away. Like, I'm in. I think it could be rad. You guys do not share my sentiment, apparently. Dude, well, it's just funny to me because it's like, you know, yeah, there's Friday the 13th and then they're doing like the Ash versus like the Evil Dead game. Mm. And then it's like, I think there's a Texas Chainsaw one. So it's like, they're like, oh man, what horror franchise can we kind of like make a buck off next? And it's just killer clowns from outer. So like, I know it is a very popular like yeah. B movie, but at the same time, it's one of those where I'm like, I, I don't. It's one of those, I don't think you're going in to Killer Clown's Outer Space game thinking, like, this is going to make a million bucks. <laughs> I also don't think you go into that game if you don't know the property. Because it does look like the dumbest thing you've ever seen. And But if you love the movie, you're all the way in. Like, I'm right now, I know I'm going to play this game because that movie's so awesomely bad. Uh Shannon, as someone my age, mm-hmm. well, one year younger, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to age you, sir. Um, do you have any interest in this? Um, I'm kind of on the fence right now. I mean, it looks like a fun game to play with a group of people, like, especially mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of friends that you like, you can get together and it's just a full room, right? Like that shit's funny. Um, just because of the banter and, you know, you knowing everybody's kind of tropes, there's, there's going to be, that's where the the majority of the fun would be for me. Like when I saw this game come out, I was kind of interested to see like, because, you know, I want to say in the early two thousands, there was like a huge, like fear of clowns right and it didn't matter yeah. where you go in there was always that one person who was like i am terrified of clowns uh, well I, and, clowns. I remember the stories of like people that would dress up like clowns and go out in the middle of the night and <laughs> yeah. just like mm-hmm. stalk around like Get out in the woods and shit like yeah. in yeah. rural like towns yeah so i was just kind of wondering if that like if that's what they're playing on too they're like oh you know what like really terrifies people like or people have a legitimate fear of clowns you know what we should do mm-hmm. and put them in a game like put them in a game and make them terrifying but this is campy enough to where I think it kind of ha- it it runs that balance, right? Of like you know it being something that people are afraid of, but being funny and um, something that you can make a video game out of. It lends itself to that kind of creativity, and I think if they do it right, it's a good game. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens when it's released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose we should talk about the two. Uh, I'm going to say, quote unquote, best trailers. <laughs> of, of gamescom uh the first one being uh lies of p <laughs> which is a game i had literally never heard of ever until this moment and uh it's basically like a final fantasy take on pinocchio question mark um <laughs> and i was just flummoxed by this trailer i'm like what the hell is this thing uh all the all the enemies had kind of like automaton things like they were all machines put together, but like sentient. I'm not sure if the character you're playing is Pinocchio. There was like, you come across like a, a old man who I'm guessing is Geppetto in it. Um, there is allusions to you having no heart in the game. Uh, I, I am so perplexed by what the, the fighting that they're showing, uh, 
we had a little bit of a, of a discussion about it before we recorded. Shannon said it reminded him more of the like from software fighting style. And to me, it looked a lot like the final fantasy seven remake kind of fighting style. Um, the art aesthetic is very much final fantasy meets bloodborne, like mm-hmm. very much. Um, I expected someone to whip out an 11 foot long sword at some point, you know, uh, she does have one oh, in one right. of the pictures. Right. Good, <laughs> good call. Good call. Um, so yeah, I, I will say the trailer did this job. I want to know more. I'm so confused by it. I kind of just want to know what the hell it is at this point. So it's on my radar. I mean, it is, uh, Shannon, this at both, but there's a duality here. It looks like your game, your kind of game and looks like absolutely not your kind of game all at the same time. I know I'm scared because like I, I see what they're going for and it looks beautiful. Uh, and I like the aesthetic of the game, but it screams bloodborne to me. Mm. Um, and if it's more in bloodborne's camp, like I had, I didn't have a good time with bloodborne. So I'm, I'm, I might nope out of this game just on that. But if it's more in like final fantasies vein, like I'm Mm -hmm. definitely on board with that uh, and would play the hell out of this game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it looks good. I'm, I'm down for it. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, dude, I'm looking at it, and it's like, I also kind of get big, like, Plague Tales kind of vibes from it, too. Yeah, yeah. With, like, the lighting and stuff like that, and then also, I kind of... But it's I like, feel... you know, you see what I mean, where it's like, if Square designed old Yarnum. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that, and I, like, I wonder, too, because, you know, we've gotten before in the past, like, the, like, Alice, like, Descent into Madness, or whatever, mm-hmm. like, style games and stuff, too, so it's like more kind of like please please american (laughs) please american mcgee's alice let's show some respect to american mcgee all right all right american (laughs) mcgee's alice uh but no i i i find it very curious um i like i said it's on my radar you know uh but let's talk about the best trailer hands down (laughs) And, and to be fair, it was a really solid trailer, just as it stands. We're talking about the Lords of the Fallen, which I'm guessing, I mean, Justin, we said it was, did they say it was a reboot or is it a sequel? No, it's a genuine reboot is what it says it is, which is probably okay. the most baffling thing to me since the original came out not even 10 years ago. And, and the original, well, it came out in 2014. The original Lords of the Fallen was a really competent Dark Souls-like. I mean, it, was, it wasn't going to break the bank. It wasn't going to, you know, reinvent the genre or anything. But it essentially did like, oh, Dark Souls made a bunch of money doing this. Let's do that. And then this is the same company that would later make, uh, you know, sci-fi Dark Souls with The Surge and Surge 2 and things like that. And they have come back to Lords of the Fallen to basically reboot and reimagine it. And apparently it's going to be five times bigger than the original game. And the trailer looked, I mean, it had that Dark Souls radness. The guy has a, a lantern that apparently like sucks energy out of people. And he's got, you know, the eight foot sword that's stabbing dudes with two hands and all this stuff. And then about a minute in, and then about a minute into the trailer, one of the most baffling marketing decisions I can think of 
happens where Danzig's mother kicks in as he's about to go fight a bunch of monsters. And, and I'm not talking just the guitar. I mean, it's a very iconic guitar line. If they had just used the music by itself, that would have been no, no five foot three of fury starts singing. <laughs> and, and man, it's such a weird, like dated musical reference to throw into that. Also, it doesn't really fit the action in mm-hmm. any way. Uh, I made Shannon had not watched the trailer before we recorded. I made Shannon watch the trailer and watch his reaction, watching the trailer. Uh, I will tell the audience. He literally started busting up laughing when dancing started singing. <laughs> Shannon, your thoughts. It didn't, nothing about that trailer fit well. It was like you had three pieces of a puzzle that were close enough together, but the picture didn't line up when you put it, when you smashed them all in. Um, like the voice, the guy who's doing the voiceover doesn't have like that. Uh, you know, you're expecting, you're expecting like a gruff, like, you know, maybe a more elderly person doing like this description of what this guy is doing, what his charge is, like what he's doing in this world, what your role is. And it's this dude who kind of sounds more like, I don't know, for the lack of a better word, very like me, uh, trying to be like trying to be dramatic. And it just doesn't land. And then when that and too young and you're right, too young. And when that song starts, like it does, I mean, like I, there should have been a record scratch. Like, I mean, you should have heard like a, like, you know, it just, there's a huge battle. This dude is getting off of a demon dragon to fight you, to kick your Mm -hmm. ass. And like, it does not like that music does not fit. That's that section at all. Oh, Oh, we're not talking about the best part. So when the four armed demon dragon dude does kick your ass and (laughs) and kills you and knocks you off. And then the music fades way down. You're dead. But then the lantern brings you back to life and the butterflies fly off your corpse for some reason. And you grab your sword. The music cranks way back up and the vocal (laughs) of just like, yeah, goes. And it's the funniest goddamn moment. It's like, Dude, Rick and Morty wishes they could come up with comedy like that. Like, it was so funny. High on Life was taking notes, you know? Um, oh, man. So and, bad. And it's also because you know that's not what they were going for. They were they wanted that to be like the F yeah moment of the whole trailer. And me and Shannon were literally crying laughing. It. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, also... I'm a self-professed big Danzig fan. I have seen him in concert multiple times. I, in high school, owned multiple Danzig records. I I, I celebrate the entire catalog. Well, let's pause. I celebrate Danzig one through four. Um, but uh, even me was like, no, no, this is <laughs> not the right song. Like, let's just, we, mm, no, let's not do that. Uh so those are kind of some of the heavy hitters from Gamescom that I wanted to talk about. I mean, there was the guy that left GTA. He announced his new game, um, but that's going to be a 2026 game. Like who the hell knows? Um, you, you can't, you can't not talk about tales from the borderlands though. Oh, good call. We forgot about that. That's uh that was my big, one of my biggest surprises. Uh, there's a new tales from the borderland game, which I 
you know, and also there was another Telltale game based off the Expanse, I think, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe mm-hmm. maybe this uh, Telltale style is back. Um, apparently, we're, we're following three brand new characters in the Borderland universe, uh, and it just kind of, the trailer just kind of showed them, like, going around and getting into trouble and getting out of trouble, but it didn't really didn't really reveal what the story was, which is interesting because also comes out October 21st, 2022. And that first game was easily my second favorite telltale game behind Wolf Among Us. Um, and depending on the mood I'm in, it is my favorite t- telltale game behind Wolf Among Us. Um, or in front of Wolf Among Us, I should say. Uh, and so I'm, it's going to be a day one thing for me. I'm all the way in. I, I loved that first game so much and I hope they just nail it. Yeah. So I did see another trailer that they launched um, with this one. There's so oh, is there a second trailer. Yeah. Okay. So the one that I saw, it's basically, uh, so the first one was all about Hyperion. Um, yeah. This one is all about um, the second one, Toriador or Teodoro. I don't know how they yeah. pronounce it, but so it looks like they're going after each, um, like weapon manufacturer for each story. It's going to be like oh, its okay. own thing. So it looks pretty interesting. So this one, there's a vault on the planet that these people are living on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toriador, that company wants to get into the vault because there's some, you know, relic in there that's going to make them like the predominant um, like figure in the universe. So <clears throat> these three grifters are essentially wanting to change their lot in life. And they hear about this news as, um, you know, soldiers are coming down to basically declare martial law over this entire planet. So like nobody else can go get the, um, find the, uh, the vault. So these three are like, you know what, we're going to get the vault. We're going to hit the vault first. We're going to get that artifact. We're going to make ourselves the most powerful people in the universe. And then, you know, it's golden from there on out. But, you know, they're all inept in their own in their own way. Like one works in a cafe. One is another kind of like deadbeat. I forget what the third one does. Mm-hmm. But it's basically just that those antics, basically, of how those three are getting together to, you know, kind of work as a team uh, to fight people who are actually like structured and, you know, know how to kill people. So um, it seems pretty interesting. Um, I mean, they bring out in the trailer a gun that actually talks and the gun is basically just like throwing riffs up and like there's Marines behind the gun. They're just like, yeah, you told them you burned him. And the gun's like, shut up or I'll send you back in a body bag. So, you know, there's that, you know, typical Borderlands uh, humor there. Um, so, yeah, I'm in on it. Uh, I want to give it a try. Uh, I'm kind of bummed. Uh, I'm glad that it's an independent story so I don't have to feel rushed in going back to finish the first one. Yeah. So I'm in. You beat Tiny Tina's, right? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, they, they have a an hour playthrough on that PlayStation Plus thing mm-hmm. that I'm considering firing up just to see what it's like for the first yeah, hour. Yeah, I mean, give it a try. You'll like it. It Like like I said, it goes back to Borderlands 2. And I think they do a pretty good job with mm-hmm. like the overhead view and the map. Um, you know, it, it takes some getting used to, but the guns are good. Uh, everything is everything's great in that game. Well, as long as they stay away from Borderlands 3. I think we're yeah. all agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Justin, anything you wanted to call out here before we move on? Um, Something that looks like it could be promising if like it is done right is I uh, thought... I, Rick... Oh, okay. I was going to say, are you going to say what I think you're going to say? But never. Oh, I was going to say, I thought Recreation looked interesting where 
it's uh it says it's basically like burnout or whatever but it's mm-hmm. like a builder car thing it's a open world racing game that is focused on customization and player choice that will allow you to build another burnout alongside thousands of other things um it's easily the best name from the show rec creation it's it's really good uh but I mean, this is also from the team of people that have made a bunch of crappy games about wrecking cars and stuff like that since they left the burnout team. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, that's going to be one of those wait for reviews type. Yeah. Things for me. It, well, it's one of those where it's like even watching like the footage and stuff, it still looked a little rough. Sure. But it's one of those things where, you know, if it comes to Game Pass and it's always so hard when it's the, you know, build like oh you can build whatever and it's like okay well are you anticipating that i as the player am going to make the game for you or are you going to actually have content for me to play at launch that isn't going to require me to make a bunch of stuff yeah i mean is it going to be the you know little big planet model of Mm -hmm. you have you know one percent of power creators that are creating like 99 percent of the con content on the server type thing because anytime those games come out I'm not sitting down Mario maker and stuff like I'm not sitting down and making, I'm not, I'm just not like, I'll, I'm down to play whatever, but I'm not going to just sit there and make stuff. That's not what I consider fun. So, yeah. And I'm really impressed that Justin is growing into some big, bigger boy shoes. Cause you know, he started with Forza, like never really played any racing right? games. And now look at him. Like he's, he's excited about a racing game. I know dude, that's something that, you know, if you'd have told me five years ago that I would have been excited about Forza or a racing game, I would have called you a fucking liar. But, you know, Forza has got its hooks in me, and, you know, it's Mm -hmm. really good. I think that's also part of the problem is even looking at this, I'm like, dude, Forza's way prettier (laughs) than, like, whatever this is. So I've also been spoiled by Forza now. Yeah. Yeah, Forza, that's a a double-edged sword. You know, it really is, because you get used to a standard that Mm -hmm. most games just can't meet because they don't have the budget of a force <laughs> for a very simple reason. Now the game I thought you were going to say, which I thought of you instantly when I came across it was dredge and dredge. dredge. Yeah. It was one of those ones that just little indie game that kind of snuck out there. Um, it's a fishing simulator. You play as a boat mm. and, and you go around and you're catching fish and you're setting crab traps and doing all that. But apparently reading the preview uh, I saw on IGN is there's a whole like sub layer of the game that's very like nefarious and sinister. And there's like a mystery in it that you unravel as you play it. And it it, it felt very uh, kind of inscription vibe ish to me where it's like behind this card game is a whole bunch of wild shit that's happening. And I I'm I always enjoy games like that. So. Dredge is one of those ones that's definitely on my radar because I'm down for things that appear to be simple games, but turn into wild experiences as they move down. Uh, you know, Return of the Oberdin is another one of those where it's like, oh, I'm going to go on this boat and and do stuff and figure out who was on it. And next thing you know, you turn a corner and sea monsters are all over the deck and, and like your know, krakens are breaking the boat in half. And you're like, what the hell is happening here? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in for one of those type of things. Uh, anything else, Chan, Justin, you guys want to hit up? 
<clears throat> no. All right. Well, we can move on to the next piece, which is uh, Sony outside of the U.S. is jacking up the price of the uh, of the PS5 about fifty euros per per zone. I guess that's uh, Asia and Europe, and I believe South America also, which seems interesting. Like, isn't this usually when at this point in the life cycle, people are cutting prices and coming out with a different model, you know, especially Sony. Isn't this when we would get the like second iteration of the, of the PlayStation version? You know, I, I think it has something to do with the shortage, right? Like, I mean, uh, that's the only thing I can think of is, you know, they still see that people are clamoring for this product and they can still find a way to make some money out of it without coming out with, with a new console. Um, you know, it seems to me like they're just, it's just a cash grab, right? And they need to keep making that money so they can keep paying manufacturer, keep paying publishers to not go on the game pass. So, you know, whatever they could do to, um, to keep their coffers full, I think is, is what they're going for. I, I it sucks though. It's so it's I think, I think a lot of it has to do with foreign markets being weak against the dollar right now. And so essentially they're taking a bigger loss per sale at their current price than they, because of, you know, global inflation is a thing and it's real. And so I think they were like, well, we're going to inflate our prices too, to keep our same margin, uh, which sucks. That's just sucks. You know, like that's just taking it out on the consumer. I guarantee you they're still making money. It's just, they're not making the percentage that they want to make. So it's a bummer. Um, in response, Microsoft and Nintendo said they were not raising the prices of their <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised Microsoft didn't try to do the uh, the big dick energy move of cutting their prices by fifty bucks. You know, you know, I was gonna say it, it's <laughs> that's some BDE if like this yeah. if Nintendo's like, yeah, our console's like seven years old, but we're gonna increase the price fifty bucks here <laughs> or fifty euros, like. Uh, people would riot <laughs> at that point. I, I mean, they essentially just, slapped a new screen on it and did that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer. Um, it but you know, yeah, the, the, it's, it's getting hard with that Nintendo switch hardware to justify anything it more is. expensive. It is. It's, it's because it's get, it's now hit a point where I'm starting to pause on getting stuff on the switch. Because Cult of the Lamb being the most recent, and we'll talk about it, but Cult of the Lamb being the most recent offender where, you know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, I should just pick it up on PC or a console and stop on the Switch because it was becoming so rough to play. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how this plays out. So far, no, no price hikes in the US. And they are seemingly easier to find in the US. Like I've seen a lot more people get them lately and and they come up way more often on the like wario 64 feed and stuff like that so um how about we talk about a, a series of media things that have come out in the last week that i found interesting and wanted your guys thoughts about so <clears throat> gentlemen let me tell you about a bioshock movie <laughs> I, I, no, this isn't the one from five years ago. And no, this isn't the one from 10 years ago that they said they were going to make. This is a new one uh, from Netflix who has, it came out, there was announced that um, they are using Francis Lawrence uh, as for the director who 
His credits include I Am Legend and uh, the second Hunger Games movie. And they're pairing him with Michael Green, who's written Logan and Blade Runner 2049. So at least they've got people with like actual chops doing this. Um, I, I can't understand why Bioshock is a hard movie to make outside of the set building costs and CGI, but apparently it's just a monster to, to make. I don't know. I think it's interesting that they're scrapping the, the entire script that was supposed to be the Gore Verbinski movie from way back when, because when the second time this came around, they were trying to repurpose that script. And now it's just an entirely new thing written by an entirely new screenwriter. Um, I, I still want to see a Bioshock movie. I still do. Rapture's amazing. I want to see it on screen. You guys like, are bored as hell. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just for me, I feel like it's hard because the first game, like, you know, it has a good story. It has a great story. Like beginning to end, the story is already there. So mm-hmm. you would think, all right, this is incredibly easy to adapt because all you have to do is make it. Like the story exists. Like you have it all right there before you. But the problem I think is, you know, most writers, directors, like whatever, they don't want to just do what already exists they want to put their own spin and twist and do whatever on it and i feel like that might be where some of the problem is is that balance of what can i do to change this thing that already exists without pissing off the entire demographic of people who know the original story yeah, I think that's the problem too is to do this right, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive mm-hmm. as all get out. And the problem is is when you have a lot of writers and directors, they don't want to follow the source material. They want to do their own thing. Like they get the general pr- principle of like what they're going to do and then they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's 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 fine that there's a blockbuster video game and a huge following, but I'm going to do my own thing and people are going to love it because it's BioShock." And most of the time that doesn't pan out too well. Um so you got to find somebody who wants to stay close to this original material to where he keeps his fan base solid, but people still find it enjoyable. And that's a hard thing to do, I think, in Hollywood. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they got to cough up the money and they got to get somebody who wants to do things the right way and can kind of get out of his own hubris to do it that way. But I also feel, to Justin's point, I feel like these things are better when they kind of just don't worry about the source material. Just go tell your story, like make, you know, stay, stay true to the location and stay true to like the main aspects of it. But I don't need Jack following the exact same plot as he does in the first Bioshock. I don't, you know, like I, it'd be cool to, to see some of the characters, but I don't need them. Like, I don't need the plastic surgeon playing out the exact same way. I don't need the uh, theater director guy whose name I'm blanking on playing out the exact same way. You know, are there big daddies? Is there an underwater city? Is, you know, the the main antagonist ultimately your estranged father who's been controlling you the whole time? Rad. Other than that, fill in the blanks. Do what you want. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it, that's just... It would be kind of cool if it was like a... Kind of, I guess, like... I picture kind of Great Gatsby-ish kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's just these people where it's like they're not anybody in the game, whatever. You're just following, like these random people, but it does like the 10 Cloverfield lane thing where you don't realize it's a Cloverfield movie until the very end. Yeah. 
So it's like you don't realize you're even in Rapture, and then it kind of like pans out, and you're like, oh, they're like the big daddy comes like crashing through, and you're like, oh, they're underwater, and we're actually like in Rapture the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> this is happening, but you don't even know that it's like a, basically a Bioshock movie until like the last half of the movie. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, another insane uh, Netflix for budget property got a director or not got a director got a producer that after months of searching um which is steve blackman is now the producer on uh the horizon zero dawn series that they're trying to come up with for netflix and he was been the producer of like the umbrella academy and altered carbon which also were hits for netflix um and he said that aloy is going to be the protagonist of this series so you know when when they first announced this me and you guys had thrown around that maybe it's just going to be like a side story type thing in the horizon verse. It's not going to be particularly about Aloy, but apparently that's not the case. Um, I don't know how they don't do this right without an insanely huge budget. Like horizons just, when you play that game, it's just the, the, I mean, we'll talk about she Hulk in a minute, but like they're going to have to do a lot of just like, scenes in bars scenes around tents with no animals around you know it's going to have to be a story 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 and very little action to get this into a manageable budget i think well it's funny because when you said that the person who did this did umbrella academy and altered carbon which Mm -hmm. both have a lot of cg and like big effects and stuff in it so that actually instills a little more faith in me that you know it for sure will have like good effects and won't skimp out at least where it counts i'm sure there will still be like you said like where nothing happened and there's like instead of an entire stampede of giant things it's like you get one like there's Mm -hmm. just the one coming and stuff but you know, that at least makes me feel a little bit better that they have someone like that behind the helm. What if they focus more on the like the story components of it? So like she's going around and doing more of like a archaeological, you know, reconnaissance mission. And that's what the season focuses on instead of so much of the the outside uh you know, world. And then that's kind of like the second season once they figure out if this is something that's going to be popular, you know, like they have like an initial budget that's, you know, kind of hardy. And then like, but it kind of focuses on building the story and there's a little bit of drama, but it's kind of more of like a Tomb Raider in a futuristic type of setting. And then, or, you know, futuristic prehistoric setting and you know mm-hmm. and then they go into like the dinosaurs and like that you like that'll be like the season finale is like she comes out of this you know the other side of this i don't know science institute and when she walks out there's just like those little surveyors and there's one of those uh flathead like things like ro- walking off yeah. in the distance and you're just like oh shit season two is gonna be bomb uh it'll be interesting Kind of like how the Halo series was, where all this, <laughs> it's like they spent the entire season not on a Halo in any way. And then at the last possible minute, it's like, oh, here's a Halo. Here's <laughs> it's like, yeah. man. Um, the, uh, well, because now that I'm thinking about it, like Horizon has like the Crucibles, which are insane. You know, it's got all the animal types. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's got these these like 
border town places that you would need to build out. It's just, I mean, I just don't want cows wearing car parts, you know, like I don't, I don't want that as my life. Here's your creatures. It's like a cow with a catalytic converter strapped to its horns. You know, Does like, them have cats oh. on the side. Yeah, totally. Totally. All it reminds me of is like the memes and stuff when cyberpunk, it's like the homeless dude with like a trash can lid on his chest in cyberpunk yeah. 2077. Yeah, exactly. I just don't want that. So hopefully, hopefully they can uh, get around that problem. Um, <laughs> the last one, which is a bummer, also about Netflix. Man, this is all Netflix based. Uh, Resident Evil, you guys, the show. Everyone watched one episode and then no episodes thereafter. <laughs> uh, got canceled, shockingly. Uh, yeah, that. After watching the first episode, I'm not shocked that it got canceled because outside of uh, Mike and Jordan, I don't know anyone that even cared that that show existed. So. My 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 condolences, you two, but uh, us out here in the real world, I, I don't think it's going to make much of a blip. You guys, oh, man, that poor franchise—it just it has so much potential, and <laughs> it still hasn't found anybody to do it justice. Um, so, I, I mystified how no one can make it a live action property in a good way. I I don't understand. It's there's been so many good zombie movies. Just make one of those. Just make one of those and throw a little corporate espionage in it. Like, how is this that hard? But here we are. They're all campy crap. You know, they, they are. And some might be better than others. You might love some. That first Resident Evil movie has amazing moments. The laser grid sequence. Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, mm, they're all garbage, though. I think. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, Justin, any RIP thoughts for Resident Evil? It's just, I agree. Like, I don't understand how, like, literally just do the first game. Just do group of people trapped in a mansion, full of zombies. You're like, it's like the raid. You're trying to get out. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, you could even get rid of, like, weird giant snake boss. Like, whatever. Dump it down. If you just do, just leave it at zombies. It's just a yeah. bunch of soldiers trying to escape someone gets bit they're trying to get like an antidote for him like i don't see how it's hard but they seem to make it hard which it's funny because i've watched the uh they have like the c like the little animated cg movies and stuff with like leon and stuff where it's like mm-hmm. the airport and stuff those are good yeah <laughs> and so it's like those are actually really good and the fact that those are good but they just can't nail live action to save their life <laughs> just baffles me it reminds me of our dc conversation where it's like just take the script from the cartoon one and make it a live action. You already yeah. have it. It's good. It's great. Just take it and redo it. It's fine. Um, I, th- yeah. I think the problem at this point is there's so there are so many other good zombie movies that like they can't do anything that would that wouldn't seem tropish at this point or is already been done. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think it kind of relates to the Bioshock conversation where they keep trying to do the wink and nods to the video games. And it takes away from the actual story you're trying to tell at a point. It's like, just hit the main beats and you don't need to wink and nod every five. Cause then it just turns into some campy bullshit. You know, it's just, it turns, you know, it's, it's high quality, uh, house of the dead, you know, like at that point. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, any other news stories hit you guys this week? That's, that's just the stuff I pulled, but anything else jump into mm-hmm. mind. 
Not we spent an hour on the news. <laughs> there was a lot. It was a big, yeah. and you know yeah, what we didn't talk about? And you know what we didn't talk about, Shannon? The Sony hmm. uh, Elite controller. They announced. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we could table that for next week. <laughs> but I, mean, well, I mean, it's it's a two-minute conversation. You interested? Yes. Yes? Okay. I mean, I'm, interest, I'm interested in it, right? But, like, in all honesty, I'm an old gamer, and I would n- I'm not going to use any of the... I'm not going to use any of the mapping. I'm not going to change any of the tchotchkes on it. Like, mm-hmm. I might use the, the rear paddle buttons once or twice on, like, a game, but I'll probably forget they're there. I mean, the only thing I'm going to get it for is just to say that I have one and be probably because it's going to be a little heftier and it's going to feel better in my hands. That's the yeah. only reason. Okay. Fair I'm, enough. I'm yeah. honest with it. I'm honest with myself. It's a, it looks, it doesn't look any different than, than the regular controller, maybe except for a little ac- a couple different accents. But other than that, like I'm happy with the controllers I have. Fair enough. You know, Justin, Ju- Justin. I mean, I'm probably not going to get it, but I just think it's funny that like one of Shannon's biggest buying points is the fact that he can brag. Like he's over there at Fred Meyers in line fucking talking to the cashier that he's got the elite controller like that means something to them. He's like, yeah, you know what I got? That dual sense edge. I'm living the big life over here. Where, like, where am I going to go to brag about this? Like, I, I only, I have an all digital PS5. It's not like I go out to buy my games. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the, dude. He's the, like, the Discord. That's where you're going to go brag about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, dude, my clammy, sweaty hands just roll right off that bad boy. Yeah, could you put some fans in the handles? <laughs> Bring back one of those Mad Cats controllers, please. <laughs> bro, bro, I had one of those. The in the in not N64, the GameCube one that mm-hmm, had the mm-hmm. fans built in. Because mm-hmm. we would it was in the era when I would play the uh with Double Dash, Mario Kart Double Dash all the time, like for hours on end, and my hands would just begin to be a sweaty mess. <laughs> that, shit, that shit worked. It was great. That's awesome. It was awesome. I had- I had a friend that had that exact same thing. It had like the little like I think it's like red and blue lights in it and yeah, stuff, and yeah. it sounded like a drone taking off as yep. they're like playing the answer. But it was it it worked. It was fabulous. Um, all right, we should talk. We should move on to the weekly consultation. What, uh, Shannon? You're the only one of us that has played probably the only big release that's happening until maybe October, which uh-huh. is Saints Row. So can no, you break no, down Saints Row for us? <laughs> I, I, I didn't play the game. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you did, sir. <laughs> yeah, so um, you sent out like a, a tweet on like Monday mm-hmm. with a article about how the reviews for this game were not good. And I was like, oh, good thing. I can cancel it early. And then I fell asleep when I got home and forgot to cancel my pre-order. So I downloaded it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I turned it on, started playing it. Um, so... Um, boy, uh, that opening <laughs> sequence of the game is not good, not at all. I mean, like it is. This is like cyberpunk, like levels, not good. Um, the bouncer at the front door of your club, like, has the laziest eyes, like, and he's like this huge, like, muscle bound dude, and his eyes cannot focus on the dude that's in front, like, two feet in front of him at the door. It's like, uh, it's rescue. <laughs> it's Seth Rogen and Rescue Rangers style. <laughs> yeah, it is bad. And this dude, like the the so I have closed captioning on like on the bottom, you know, I have all the text so I can read and whatever, too, because I have to turn the volume down low because, you know, my son watches shows in the other room. And if I'm capping somebody, I don't want him hearing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of and the the dialogue on the TV is ahead of the of the 
of the flavor text at the bottom, right? All the, the little closed captioning. So like everything is off. Like nothing is syncing, nothing is together. I'm like, this is horrible. And then the graphics, when you walk into the club, when the dude walks into the club, he is, his walking is like super messed up. Like he is all <laughs> over the place. Like the people in the club, they're doing like the same like GTA five kind of like same like um, moves over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's a cat that jumps up on like a table that looks like it's from stray, but like it's so poorly um, rendered that like you can see through the cat in some places. And then like some of it like is just weird and mangled and it's supposed to be licking itself. I don't know what it's licking. Um, you know, it's just, it's not pretty to look at. And I'm like, Oh dear God, this is going to be horrible. Um, you basically, it's one of those games that's going to do the, this is what happened at the end. And like, let me tell show you how we got to this point. It's going to do one of those tropes. Um, and there's kind of like a mystery involved as to who done it. So then okay. it goes back to like a month before this, you know, opening sequence happens. And basically you do your character creation, um, which is fine. I mean, like it's the first shock value. They let you unblur everything um, from the waist up. Um, so, you know, you can have naked boobies on the screen if you wanted to, if you were 12. Um, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, most people are just like, whatever. Um you can, you know, choose from some presets and then kind of finely detail your character and, and get them all set up the way that you want. Um, so you do that character creation stuff. Um, you basically are a mercenary that gets hired by a company that is doing security for high rollers in, you know, the United States. Um, the first mission is this batshit crazy you go in, you're a rookie, it's your first day, like the lady's like, I don't expect you to live past this first mission, but if you do, cool, like, you know, I'll put you on my team as long as you can follow orders. Of course, you don't follow orders because you're a loose cannon and you do what you want. Um, so you go and you disobey all of this chick's orders, you go on this over-the-top mission, you fly on the top of a jet and, like, shoot things, which is crazy, um, and the shooting mechanics are all off. Are there any good needle drops, though? No. Oh, no. so you don't get like the Kanye West power moment or you get, you don't get, any, uh, no, you don't get anything uh, right there in the beginning. Like uh, after you do like your first mission and you go back and you, you go back to where you're living, your apartment, mm-hmm. you roll, you, you roll up and you meet the rest of your posse for the rest of this game. Like the rest of your crew, like one, everybody is in a different gang, but for some reason you guys are all friends, like and live in the same place. So you're like a mercenary for hire. You don't have like a gang that you follow. You're just like killing people. And then you have three people that are with the rival gangs in the neighborhood and you're all friends because you grew up together. But, you know, circumstances being what they are, they're all in their own gang. So your first mission is you got to like, you know, uh, jack a car. I think it's you got to. Oh, you're robbing a money like a a, a check cashing place because you, you need to make rent and because you didn't follow orders, you didn't get paid. So you have to rob this place. Okay. And that's when you get ice or uh, ice cubes. Uh, this is the sound of the police like song that you you're driving around in, um, which is kind of supposed to be their like intro song for you. Gotcha. Cause like gotcha. the bank robbery goes or the, the check cashing robbery goes sideways and then you have to outrun the police so you know you're sideswiping police and cars and you know they're teaching you the mechanics now you can like you know pit police officers and you have like a special control button to do that like you have to hit the square button and like the left analog stick or the right you know the direction of the car the faster you're going the more damage you do 
that's fine. The problem I have is the gra- graphically, like I, I made a girl with a ponytail and like her head sticks out the top of the car and like the hair is just like flopping all over the place, even though it's a closed top vehicle, like, you know, like half of her head sticking out the top of the car. Um, mm. The driving is all right. Um, it's, you know, similar to the previous like Saints Row games. Um, you know, they have the ability to drift, things like that. Um, the city looks good. The 3D models of the characters look like garbage. Um, they don't they don't look too good at all. So that was kind of a bummer. But it's just a huge map. Um, you know, like the first couple missions you do, you're supposed to drive from point A to point B, and everything is like three thousand meters away, or you oh, know whatever. Jesus. And so it's like you know it's like you got to go here, you got to go there. You're you're just jacking cars basically to drive all over the place. You don't really know the lay of the land yet, so it's kind of frustrating. They do do a pretty good job of. Um, giving you the map, like where you got to drive. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer because it is a, it, you can see, like, I want a good Saints Row game and I wanted this game to be good. I'm like three hours into this game and I've done a lot of driving. I've done maybe like two missions. The shooting is off the, um, like when it, it does that thing where if like you shoot somebody and they have like a hit animation where they're like, oh, I got shot in the gut. So like they bend over and you try to shoot them again, like the bullet goes through them and it doesn't do any damage, Um, which is really annoying because like one of the first missions, um, you have to do a a protection thing at an art gallery and all hell breaks loose. All three gangs are there. Your private security company is there and you're just trying to shoot everybody and you hit nobody. Um, And you die a lot because you can't see where you're getting shot from or who's shooting you. Their guns do an insane amount of damage to you for some reason. Um, so it's kind of sucking the fun out of playing this game. Um, mm. They did drop a two gigabyte patch. Um, I think it was yesterday. And it does fix the closed captioning um, between the, the speaking and the, um, the text on the bottom, but not by much. Um, some of the clipping is fixed, but not by... Well, you know, there's still a lot of it. <laughs> it it's, so, it's better, but not fixed. Yeah. Like yeah. this is going to be like one of those games where you're going to turn it on like once a week for a couple weeks and it's going to download like another two gigabytes just to fix like small patches and sections. So, you know, that's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's I mean, like they've done so much to up the the combat. Right. So now you have like this as you level up your character, you get these abilities which you can map to buttons. Um, so you can run up to a group of dudes, like the first dude that's standing like right in front of you, you hit like your R1 button and then you hit one of the, it's either square, triangle, circle, or X, whatever you map the button to, but you run up, you punch the dude in the stomach, he bends over, you shove a grenade in his pants and you pick him up and you throw him into like a group of people. And then he blows up and he takes out like everybody (laughs) shit is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's just. You know, there's there's good aspects there. Like, there's a good game underneath there. They just rushed this. This is one of those games that should have been delayed mm-hmm. and wasn't. So, I mean, this is a good reason. This is a good model of why games should be delayed. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, looking at it, it looks, like, graphically pretty impressive. Um, as, as long as you're not look, as long as there's nobody talking, it's yeah. fine. The, uh... So what you're, what I'm hearing you say is six months from now, when this game is 20 bucks, it's probably going to be worth picking up when Mm -hmm. they patched the hell out of it and fixed a lot of these problems. 
Yeah, yeah. And you know that it, and then the only gripe I would have is that the map is huge, right? I mean, yeah. like that's kind of what I'm we're running into nowadays is that like we have these huge maps when before you had these smaller maps and then people just sold those as DLC, right? You wanted like more of this game, you got DLC. This is, is there is the map barf bad? Like is there just like icons everywhere? Like Yeah, so like right off the bat when you're driving, like right in the beginning of the game, there's shit that's like blowing up on the map, like as far as, Mm -hmm. you know, you can go here to change your outfits. You can go here to buy your clothes. You can go here to like work on your car and you, you don't have access to any of that, but it's on the map, like just littering it. And then like, once you set up, once you help this dude set up a garage and he's like, and you're like, well, how can I help you? Cause now I have a percentage in the garage. He's like, Oh, well you can jack cars for me. Like I need these cars. I need this car. And then whenever the dude says he needs a car, you get these car icons that pop up all over your map too. So you can see where the, the cars are that you can steal. Mm-hmm. And that just puts more puke on there. Uh, so, you know, there, there, there are some things that they can work on and there are some things that they need, they need to work on. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens in six months. I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to keep trying it. Um, you know, I want to give it more than three hours cause like I've only done a handful of missions in that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully it picks up. All right. Well, don't think there's any danger of Justin and I grabbing that anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh, shall we talk about the update they did to Cult of Lamb, Justin? Yes, we can. Because that's that's basically the only thing I've been playing. Uh, that and Same. Uh, yeah, that and keep chipping away at Picross. You know, that's that's all I've been playing. So, Picross has become my go to bed game yet again. Return ret- return to claim the belt. It's it's a great go to bed game. Cult of the Lamb. I was yes, waiting for you. There, I was waiting for you to go there, Justin. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought Shannon was going to say something about Picross, and then he just nodded his head, and I was like, okay. I don't think there's anything I need to say about Picross. It's a great game, and it is one of those games that you that will put you to bed. It, it multiple times this episode, I think Shannon has forgotten that is mainly an audio form that we're <laughs> we're dealing with. Because there's been times where like he goes to the mic like he's going to say something, and just it's not. <laughs> And then just nods and backs up, and I'm like, yeah. "Look, I don't, I don't want to get to the mic and be like, yeah." So you know, I'm just kind of hoping that Justin's going to jump in there and say something. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah." Dude. That's, um, good. That's a good point. I just feel like sometimes I bogart the microphone. Like you know, Zach, you know, usually drops like a, you know, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I come in there with my relaxed takes, and then like Justin doesn't get to say anything, and I just I want him to come out and like you know say something. All right, well, you know, I will say something. So before the Cult of the Lamb update, let me tell you what, dude. I was about ready to throw my fucking Switch out the window. Like, that is how mad I was because I was uh-huh. do- I was doing a run and I was um, I was in the third, like, third door. I think I was either in, like, the third or, like, going to, like, the actual, like, final boss or whatever of that area. And let me tell you, dude, the Switch was chugging 
And when I say chugging, I mean, I was getting, I would be surprised if it was 10 frames a second. Like, honestly, like there, I was in a room fighting enemies and trying to roll and an enemy would be like over here on the right. And I would roll like toward, like through their attack or whatever to try and swing at them. And then they would just disappeared. And then now they're behind me attacking me. I had like seven hearts. By the time I left that room, I was down to a heart and a half. And it was not my fault. It was just shit popping in and out of everywhere and me trying to dodge attacks. And then the game just absolutely froze and then like would all of a sudden resume and I'm just getting hit by a bunch of shit. And I was getting so mad. Like somehow I managed to save that run. I beat the boss with like half a heart left and I don't know how I did it. And then I got back to my cult and I was trying to do stuff around the cult and just even trying to walk around. It was doing that. I'd walk a couple steps, freeze. And then I'm over here now and walk a couple. And I'm like, what is happening? Like I was getting so mad and I finally just like shut it off. And then my friend Chris texted me or whatever. And he was like, oh yeah, I got the, the new Cult of the Lamb update or whatever. And I realized that there was the update and I installed it. And then when I booted the game back up, night and day difference. Like in terms of shit wasn't dropping anymore. Um, the When you do the ritual, uh, like you can actually have more than six cult people in the church with you now. Um, the chugging thing stopped altogether. When it goes to the next day, it's slight, like slightly like chugs just a little bit, but nowhere near like as bad. Like normally it was like when you go to the next day, you know it's coming because the entire game just freezes for like five seconds. And then like the text like day 72 comes up. Now it just does it for like a split second. And then it's like day 72. So it doesn't hesitate as much anymore. So did they just get rid of assets or like, is there anything noticeable to the game that they did? Like, did they take certain things off of the screen so that it was able to process faster? Or do you think this is something on the back end that they were just able to correct? I think it was just performance, like back end stuff. Like if anything, there's more stuff on the screen now when you do stuff like in the church and stuff, there's still everything seems the same. It just seems like it just runs infinitely better on the switch now and apparently they fixed a lot of the like soft lock issues people were having like i encountered like the invisible enemy thing and stuff i know a lot of other people did they supposedly fixed that and they fixed like getting stuck in when you do a ritual and stuff sometimes you get stuck in like a a animation loop and stuff and so they did a lot of supposedly they're doing more updates for the switch but a lot of my main like problems and gripes that I personally ran into, uh, they seem to have fixed or heavily improved on. So good. Yeah. I, I had also gotten to the point where I honestly stopped playing it. It just got so maddening to me that it, I died multiple times on the second door boss just because of the issues Justin was talking about. Like I, none of them were my fault. It's just all of a sudden people were on the, complete other side of the screen and like you know things are raining down that i couldn't see until they hit me and things like that and it was just maddening so i was just like i'm setting this down i'm either gonna pick it up somewhere else or i'm gonna wait until they patch it and it was justin that told me like oh there's a patch out and i'm like oh okay fired it back up and yeah i was able to beat the second boss finally so i'm in the third land now yeah the frog boss is surprisingly hard yeah like and and in all honesty, the second, the third area seems easier. It's just they can take more damage. 
so I mean, your I've got the the crown upgrades all the way up. So or not crown upgrades, but the uh, I forget which. There's a lot of systems in the game. I forget which one it is that improves your weapons and curse abilities in fighting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where you but, upgrade? Yeah, but I've got that upgrade tree completely filled now. Um, I've got most of the the statue upgrades at this point now, like the things I can build in mm-hmm. in the town. And I'm only in like this through two of the mini bosses in the third world. And I'm like, is there going to be more unlocked? Like, this seems kind of weird that, that, that they is- let me get to this point. Cause like at this point, you know, getting inspiration from my followers or inspiring my followers to get, uh, you know, stuff from them. It, it's pointless. I have nothing yeah. to upgrade with it anymore. And so it just becomes like uh, all these systems that you were ingrained in to do over and over again by the game that as it's teaching you to play it just become completely pointless. And I don't understand why they, how that works necessarily. Yeah. The, what, what are your thoughts, Justin, on that? The, the I'm pacing, the pacing in that regard, I'm the same way. Like even after I think the second door, by the time I got done with like the second area, I think I did have all the crown upgrades already and stuff. And I'm at the point now where, like you said, my, my statue is all the way upgraded. Um, I think I have maybe like of the statue upgrades themselves. I think I have maybe like six left. Yeah. Um, which I'm getting them a little slower cause I don't have as many followers now. Like I think at the moment I have only like 10 or 11 cause a bunch yeah. of people like died at the same time. But yeah, like it seems like, you know, once you hit about the halfway point, you're like done upgrade cause you don't get any, like doing the sermons and stuff anymore is really just to like slightly raise your cult's faith. Like yeah. you don't really get anything out of it anymore. And but so now- I think that is like a pacing thing. But now, like you said, I just, I come back from a run and I do a feast and then I do the mushrooms yep. and I move on with my day. And yeah. it's, you know, like I don't even care about their faith level anymore, really. Yeah. I just harvest, like I harvest my crops. I go and collect my wood or whatever and just make sure everything's, I pick up any dead bodies on the ground, go compost them. It, in a really weird way, it's kind of become like Animal Crossing. Like the magic is starting to wear off it and it's just, I go in and I do my chores and I do a couple runs and I get a little further on beating the game. But other than that, like the town part, which was so like charming initially has just kind of worn off for me. Yeah. Uh, cause well, and uh, it's one of those where it's like a give and take where it's like, cause in the beginning it can be, you know, overwhelming because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you go out and you do your run and whatever, you come back and your camp is just shit and everything's gone to hell and whatever. So you're like worrying about your cult while you're out doing runs where yeah. it's like in the later half of the game, like, you know, there's no like the cult members are almost point. Like I basically use them as extra lives at this point. Like if I need them in a run and I die, you can sacrifice a cult member to come back to life. And so that's like my main benefit to keeping cult people around Cause it's like, dude, I only have six more upgrades. Like I have all the main staples at my camp. I don't really need that. I'm like halfway through the fourth door. So it's like, I only have like two more things I need to go through before I unlock like the final area. So I don't really need anything. I have a shit ton of wood, shit ton of whatever. Like I don't really need to be building a whole bunch of new stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, 
me maintaining kind of what I have and then sending people out on missions to try and bring back more followers because I'm like, yeah, I need more. Like, because the spider area, the silk, silk, whatever, like that area, the enemies are pretty tough. Like, the, there's a lot of bigger, like the area itself isn't that hard, but it's just the enemies are a lot hard. Like, it yeah. has a lot of bigger enemies and stuff where they take a lot more hits and deal a lot more damage and stuff so that's kind of what makes that area a lot harder yeah i mean it just seems like they scaled like their scale was just a little off because i appreciate a game that like removes that those encumbrances as you hit the end game portion Mm -hmm. like okay yeah we're gonna go beat the game now so we're just gonna make you not have to worry about all this stuff anymore but i feel like they got to that point a little too early you know that's that's all um, anything else anyone's been playing? No, I, I think I think uh, hear some sirens. Yeah, might be some siren time. Um, okay, so why don't we uh, move in? It's a pretty short uh, spoiler talk, I think. Uh, what, what, the only thing I've watched is She-Hulk. So, can we start there? And yes. then you guys can go. Um, yeah, you guys can spoil the hell out of it. I haven't watched it yet, <clears throat> but go for okay. it. Um, well, the second episode of She-Hulk kicks off with uh, her getting fired for being She-Hulk because <laughs> apparently her firm had spent a lot of time and money on the case only to get it thrown out when she hulked out in the courtroom and the judge declared an instant mistrial because she had uh, taken over the jury's hearts and minds at that point. Um and she kind of is lost in the weeds. You see her looking for jobs as like a mascot or something at one point. Uh, also, nice little Easter egg in that moment. You see a guy uh, reported to have attacked a bar full of patrons with metal claws or metal coming out of his hands. So mm. nice little nice little tip of the cap there. Um, she finally gets offered a job uh, at a firm that wants to start a superhuman defense uh, firm basically or, or defense uh, uh, part of their firm. And there's a term for that, that I can't think of right now. And, um, she, but they, she has to be the she Hulk when she does it as the thing is so they want her hulked out at all times representing the firm. Um, her first case is Emil Blonsky, the abomination, get him his probation basically. Uh, she says, I have a huge conflict of interest. And they said, that's fine. You'll be fired. You don't have to work here. Uh, but she is desperate enough that she basically says, okay, I'll take the case. Like, well, let's, let's go. Goes and interviews Blonsky, who now is very mellowed. You know, he's back to his Tim Roth self and he's uh, writing haikus that she's like, please don't read that to me. No, I don't want to hear your haikus. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're moving on. Uh, the Hulk is now on his way to Sakar. He's in the ship, heading to Sakar, uh, and we're off. These thirty-minute episodes are killing me because uh, every time I'm like, "Oh, this like we're getting going," and the show ends. Like I'm almost at the point now where I want to like not watch for three weeks and watch them all in a row, or something. But uh, yeah, Justin, your thoughts. Yeah, it is weird because it seems kind of like the opposite problem that some of the other shows have where 
this one, it seems like the episode's almost not long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because once it gets going, is then they like just hit you with the credits. My favorite part of this episode was when uh, she was talking to Bruce about the conflict of interest with Abomination. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that guy's so nice. You know, sent me a letter, you know, apologizing for everything, had a haiku in it. He's like, you know, that's all in the past. He's like, dude, I was a completely different person back then, that was literally. Great. And when he said that, that destroyed me. I'm like, dude, that's so great. And what that makes me want so bad is at some point in the show, someone to, like, come up to someone, like, from behind, like, oh, Bruce, and it's Edward Norton. And he's like, yeah. oh, dude, I get that a lot. And, like, just pass it off, and it's just a throwaway one-line thing, but I want them to make that joke so bad that he used to be the Hulk. It was when he said literally that I was like, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. That's great. Um, and, oh, and the last part was you get the footage got out of the Abomination fighting from Shang-Chi. And it's like, oh, okay, which is going to throw a huge wrench in the case because he's been out as the Abomination fighting people, um, which makes, okay, I have this thought. You don't bring back Tim Roth unless you're doing more with it. Like, is the Abomination going to be like a Thunderbolts cast member, you think? I could see that. Um, I also kind of think, you know, I'm assuming this case is probably going to take a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. if I had to guess, because, you know, they're going to obviously bring Wong in and stuff to testify and a bunch of stuff. So I imagine that probably, like, I'd say at least the next two episodes are just going to be, like, that case alone. Yeah, I would think so. But still, Tim Roth seems like a high order for a Disney Plus show. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're throwing a bunch of money. At, at casting or whatever but uh yeah interesting i do find it fun as, as long as we're talking about shows with budgets they keep coming up with reasons why she can't be hulk you know like it's like when she goes to veal uh or goes to uh visit blonsky in prison it's like hey hey, hey no superpowers here and so she has to be like the human form yeah. for half the show you know and it's one of those like oh yeah we're just gonna lop this out of the budget yeah no cgi here and then you know there's no abomination fighting at all or, or no abomination it's just literally just tim roth in a cell and then the abomination footage is from the movie it's not even like new footage for this show it's like they're they're finding clever ways to play with the budget in this even the even the scene where she gets fired you know, she's in the bar as She-Hulk and her boss comes up and he's like, can I just talk to Jennifer? And uh, like, she has to change back to her human form for that, like the actual acting scene that happens there. It, it just cracked me up. I did think that was funny because she was drinking as She-Hulk and then when she transformed back to normal, she just ate shit on the floor and she's like, sorry, different metabolisms. <laughs> she was like all shit based <laughs> all of a sudden. She was just like instantly wrecked, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was really good. But yeah, I'm I'm still in on. I like the 30 minute sitcom style that they're doing. Uh, I again, I just wish it was a 45 minute sitcom style. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the rest of it. Uh, what what else do you guys want to talk about? Oh, you want to? Do you want to talk about it now, Justin? Even though I haven't finished the whole thing yet. Like, yes, I'm dude, excited. Uh, Shannon messaged me this weekend telling me that he started the rehearsal, and uh, I'm very excited to hear his initial since I didn't really want to spoil what it was about 
when mm-hmm. I had been watching it. I'm excited to hear Shannon's thoughts since he, as far as I know, didn't really know what it was about until he started watching it. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm two thirds of the way through the series right now. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I put it on Friday night um, and I put it on not knowing what the show is about, but you know, my fiance and I were looking for something to watch. So I put this on and she's like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, I don't know, but Justin told me that we needed to watch this because it starts off pretty weird and it gets super weird by the end of it. And she was just like, okay, let's do this. And I was like, all right. So, you know, we get through episode one and we're like, okay, like this is, like okay like there are so many questions i have right after watching the first episode is this like how much of this is scripted how much of this is not um who's in on it my fiance is like there's so many violations of personal like privacy and and ethics here like i don't know how they could have gotten around this to make this show if it wasn't scripted um so you know she kind of got chewed up by the um ethics behind the show um but then they get into episode two and it takes like this hard like turn right and you're just like all right like i'm 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 interested in this i've already watched the first episode the second episode i I thought was going to be a you know one-off as well and then it kind of sticks with that one and i'm just like Okay, like I'm in. I'm. I know. I know what's going on here. I know what's going to happen. I want to see how how what's going to happen here. And then the third episode happens, and now he's like in the situation. Like he's not an outside observer anymore. He's not a coach. He is a coach to other people, but he's in his he's in his own creation, right? And so now I'm like, okay, this is interesting and things are shifting and people are getting older and, you know, the the dynamics shift and, you know, and here I am now and he's, you know, been gone for nine years and he's come back and, you know, people are like, and he doesn't get the reaction he wants. Right. So he's like, no, let's go back and like, let's take care of this again. Um, But have it change a little bit. And that shit went deep. Like, I mean, that was that was weird. It was interesting. It was like, you know, I'm, you know, here I am, like, kind of dealing with things as they're coming up in the show. And my fiance is still back on like episode two and episode three when they're talking about child labor laws and, you know, how they got to switch out the kids and the kids are still being, you know, they're still calling people daddy and mommy that aren't their daddy and mommy and like how that's going to how might that might affect them at like young developmental ages and what's happening. I'm just like, oh, my God, there's like so much stuff going on here. And like, you know, I'm it's it's funny how two people watching the same show in the same room at the same time can be stuck or focused on two totally different aspects of the show. But all the information is still getting relayed. I mean, like we're still having conversations talking about the show and we're both um, you know, we're both pulling out key points of the show, but at the same time, we're both hung up on different parts of the show. And it's interesting. Like both of us, for some reason, we just laugh at the audacity of the show and what it's trying to accomplish. But at the same time, we're both like, why are we still watching the show? Like, just turn the show <laughs> off. We're like, we turn the show off. Like we're, we're like, we're, we're two thirds of the way through. We have to finish this to see where it goes just to see what happens um so it'll be interesting to see how 
the issues get corrected because the issue I'm on right now is they jump time backwards. So now I'm like, okay, like you kind of went against your own thing <laughs> here, but okay, let's, let's do it and see what happens. You know, like, so now I'm on board, I'm watching the rest of the show. I'm going to see where this lands, this plane lands, but it kind of escalated the rehearse, like the level of rehearsal, um, escalated pretty fast i was i was pretty impressed with it yeah no the that's what i also really like about it as it goes on like the the rehearsals get like not only i'd say like weirder but like more i guess intense like as it goes on and stuff and the part you're talking about that was one of the parts that i really liked where he comes home and you know all of a sudden the kid is like a teenager and He's like, uh, you know, like, oh, like, you've been gone so long, Dad. You know, it's nice to see you. And then Nathan's kind of like, you can see he's very taken back because he wasn't expecting, like, a teenager to be in his house. Mm -hmm. And so he, like, broke character and was kind of like, all right, like, talking to the actor and stuff. And he's like, all right, like, this is what he's like. How about we try this again, but you're not excited to see me. And then they redo it, and then you get the darker, like, he comes home, and the kid's like, where the fuck have you been? And then just, like, storms <laughs> off and stuff. It's just, like, him dealing with that, and then he's realizing, like, yeah, I'd rather go back to when he was six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. like, redo that. Yeah, but at the same time, it was like, you could have just had the actor make the choice to start over. You didn't have to go back to when he was six. I mean, that, that's the whole thing, right? Is, like, you're changing you're changing it up so that you can, you can if we're going to spoil this, so that you can you can see the children at each different part of the life to decide if you want to be a parent, if you want to take this responsibility on by yourself or, you know, with whatever situation you want, but just to see if you have the ability to be a parent or if that's what you really want to do. Um, and so like, he, you know, the, I think the first time he comes home, he's playing that role of like, Oh, this, this is normal. Like you come home, you go out on business trips, you come home. It's not supposed to be like this nine year gap, but then, Nathan wants the gap. He's like, so, you know, like, this is what happens now. Like, this is the age I'm at. I've been gone for nine years. Like, I want you to be that kid who's pissed off at me for being gone for nine years. And that was where it, like, went pretty crazy and pretty dark. But at the same time, he's having this conversation with the kid. And the kid's like, I do drugs. I'm going to go out and drink. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, he's 15. And the, the lady who's playing the mom is upstairs listening to the whole thing. And she's got no input on the matter. I'm like, bro, like, you need to be down there some, doing some stuff, doing some parenting right now, not, like, tweeting on your phone, like, what's going on? Um, so, I mean, there are some, like, distancing fact, factors there that kind of... I'm kind of, like, wondering, you know, what's scripted and what's not. Is this... And that lady... The mom is just <laughs> nuts. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, dude, she is just nuts. Like, I I do not understand her like 90% of the time. So, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, now, you know, the kids like, you know, the kid has an overdose. Like the kid, like, you know, is hanging out with his friends. He, he run after the overdose, the, the ambulance has him and they're going to take him away. And he bails off of the off of the gurney and runs away and then nathan's looking for him all night and then he finds him at a park you know drinking with his friends and then he's like okay uh, are you ready to go home now and he's like or he doesn't say are you ready to go home now he's just standing there staring at him and you know the the kid comes down to talk to him and he comes through the tube slide and when he comes out the bottom he's a six-year-old boy again and you're just like oh dude like all right like i 
okay, he didn't like this outcome, so we're we're rewind, we're bringing it back. But like this is just a rehearsal; it's not real. If you just didn't want that scenario, just tell the actor that's playing the fifteen-year-old boy, "We're going to go back and we're going to try this again with the other way," because I didn't like this way at all. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting premise. Like uh, the, you know, I yeah, I, I I we both have our hangups about the show, but at the same time, we like the show. Yeah, and it gets. I'll be interested once you finish it and stuff to hear because. A, well, A, it did get renewed for a season two. So we mm-hmm. are getting a second season. But this season does have like a definitive kind of ending. Um, well, I would hope so because, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I could watch another season of this, but like, you know, I, I would like to see a resolution come here. But it does get like, they do cover a lot of it. And I know like the going back and stuff, I think a lot of that was more just like Nathan realized that, you know, when he was playing pretend with the six year old and like whatever, that he enjoyed that aspect the most. And he didn't really get to experience that because he was busy doing other people's rehearsals and stuff like that, that he couldn't really focus on his own. So he wanted to go back and kind of experience more of the uh, like day-to-day life, which, you know, his pseudo wife or whatever, the mom got to experience, but he really didn't get to because he wasn't home. Yeah. And like, you know, it would be cool to see, uh, I mean, like, but, and that's the other funny thing too, is cause like you're saying he's out doing rehearsals for other people. He does one rehearsal for that other dude that like bounces on him. That was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then, like, the other episode where he's gone, he's actually just getting more actors educated on what they have to do for his show. So he's just kind of creating his own acting school, which was nuts in itself. <laughs> so, you, so, okay, I wasn't sure if you had seen that. That was my yeah. favorite part in, like, the entire scene is the him doing the rehearsal for the rehearsal for the acting class, mm-hmm. where it's, like, him in the acting class, and then they did a rehearsal of the acting class so he could watch the acting class and then he was participating as a student in the acting class and then a rehearsal of him doing the rehearsal of the rehearsal of him watching from the outside him participating in the acting class and it just it kept going deeper and deeper and i'm like dude this is getting fucking insane like i don't and the way they cut with the camera and stuff multiple times where it's like you don't it, it's very jarring at times because you don't even realize for a second that it's like a rehearsal versus like the actual people that are supposed to be there mm-hmm. so there's like certain scenarios where i'm like oh my god and then you realize that's not the same person and that's one of the actors and it's like okay <laughs> like that took me back for a minute yeah the one thing that i wanted to talk to you about with uh the first episode was he goes through all of the rehearsal with that guy you know they talk about the situation with the with him not having the master's degree Nathan essentially rigs the um, trivia so that like the guy will be more focused on what he has to say than the trivia that night because he found him to be distracted by the trivia. So he gets the answers. He does that. He talks to the, he has that dialogue at the end of the night where he's breaking it down. Like, look, I didn't exactly give you the answers, but I subliminally planted them in your head so that you would have the information to and while it was kind of seen as throwing the trivia contest, it helped you get your thing across. And then it pans and it's the actor. It's not the dude. It's the actor. And the actor basically goes off on him and calls him, you know, calls him a horrible human being. And then it, and then like it cuts and then it goes back and it's Nathan sitting there. And then it's the dude 
but there's you don't know if he had that speech with the with the with the actual guy or if he chickened out and didn't say it like and he was just kind of in his own thing where he botched his own rehearsal like he didn't you know stick the landing on what he wanted to say because the dude was just like okay like you're, you're cool like and then just kind of like you know it it was just and then it was on to like the, the end of the show so I'm kind of wondering if he actually said that to the guy and that was his just take on the whole matter, like because he seemed pretty flippant about the whole thing, or if he just only did it with the actor because there was no good result that was going to come out of it for him talking to the real guy that way. Yeah, I think he didn't say it to the actual guy because of how the rehearsal went, which that was really jarring when that first happened. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, we got you the result. He's like, you ruined this for me. He's like, you fucking ruined my life by doing this. And now I can no longer do this anymore. And he's like, you're a terrible person. And he's like, and you, I fucking hate you. And then it like, cuts, and then it's like the awkward silence between, because I think he was going to go down that route and he realized, yeah, during the rehearsal, this didn't pan out and like ended on a bad note. So we're not going to go down that path. <laughs> it's crazy. That show's crazy. Like people should, I hope I didn't. We hope we didn't spoil too much for you, Zach. But like, you gotta give that show a try just to kind of see what it's about. And, well, and most of what we were talking about is literally the first episode. With some of what Shannon's talking about was like the third or fourth episode. But yeah, I mean, the main my main takeaway from listening to you guys talk was like, hey, guess what? Teenagers are fucking harder than kids. <laughs> like, wow yeah i'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that'd be like can i replace my 15 year old with my six-year-old that'd be that'd be great let's, let's, let's just do that live that again for a day yeah. instead yeah yeah but, but yes. yeah it's a it's an interesting show we're gonna finish I'm, like we have two episodes left um we'll probably watch one after the show tonight and then uh yeah and then we'll, we'll finish it next weekend all right very nice well we're at an hour 45 anything else you guys want to talk about or uh, i mean or do you want to table something for next week i mean really quick i was just gonna say i'm caught up on harley quinn it's still fantastic blows me away that it can be it's probably one of the best like dc things i've seen in a long time and it's crazy that it i slept on it for that long and it's really good and i definitely recommend it and house of the dragon um, I did watch the first episode of that and, you know, it, it, it's just like Game of Thrones, you know, in the beginning, you know, it's a little slower. You're getting introduced to all these people trying to figure out like where their alliances are and who's banging who and what's really going on. But I mean, it looks really nice and I'm, I'm heavily interested in it mainly because too, since it's a prequel, it's based off the prequel book or whatever. So it's like the story's done. So you're not going to run into what Game of Thrones ran into where they had a couple seasons of material and then they just had to make shit up because they had nothing to go off of. So this story is beginning to end done. So they have all the material to base it off of. And they actually brought George R. R. Martin on or whatever as a consultant. Stuff. And he's like, yeah, they did a good job of adapting what I wrote in the fucking book to the show. So it got his seal of approval, which... I think speaks volumes since he goes on tour and talks shit about the final two seasons of Game of Thrones because they butchered his characters. <laughs> I mean, literally in some senses. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah, I still don't care about Game of Thrones stuff, but I'm, I'm happy for the people that do. Um, 
well, anything else, gentlemen? No, I'm I'm getting met with dead eyes from Shannon. Well, well Shannon was leaned into the mic. We, I don't uh, know if he was doing it on purpose to fuck uh, with everybody or if he actually had something. Uh, so we uh, we bought Super Pets um, to watch. Oh, um, you did? Yeah. It, Gabriel seems to love it. I have not seen much of it. But, um, you know, I'll get back to you next week when I have a chance to watch it. All right. Yeah, we, uh, we spent some time with Despicable Me, which is... Uh, not minions, but was free. So hey, it was good. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Justin, I think we've got a show. Hmm. And hey, yeah, my mic do. held up the whole time. So yeah. Right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we take this in for a landing, sir? You know what, guys? <laughs> Thank you, guys, for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. Thank you, Shannon, for the assist. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. Saved, uh, saved my voice a little bit there. I try to mix it up a little bit for you. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, while you guys are, you know, head on over to the Discord. You know, are you disappointed that Resident Evil got canceled on Netflix? You know, do you think the Bioshock movie will actually make it to, you know, far enough to get a trailer or if it'll just get dumped in the garbage like every other rendition has so far? Let us know in the Discord what you think and while you're at it why don't you head on over to spotify give your boys a review let us know how we're doing and uh zach if uh robbie was here what do you think robbie would say robbie would say hey guys go be great and college football is back right